Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another CMYK Talk podcast. There's only one more of these things to go. My name is Matt, and if for whatever reason you're tuning in for the very first time, uh, there's a lot going on, and uh, it would be probably well served of you to spend a few moments and to actually dig into the podcast that the two in particular that precede this podcast, because we're going to continue talking about something that uh, we brought up a couple weeks ago, and that is that this thing known as CMYK, this church and this community uh, that has been up and around for the last few years, uh, we are actually coming to the end of our season as a church and as a community, and we are choosing to close and shut this thing down. And there's a lot of reasons for why that is happening. So that's why I say, if for whatever reason you haven't been tuning in, make sure to do that. Uh, Because today what I want to do is continue on in the conversation. I want to talk about some things today and uh, obviously allow you to listen in and be a part of that. And then this uh, coming week, we're going to be posting our last podcast. It's going to be myself and Seth Hirschkorn. We're going to be talking about some things, some final closing thoughts on this thing called CMYK. And my hope and the idea is that you, rather than just kind of closing the doors and being done, but that we would be able to have some conversations and talk about some things uh, that I've been thinking about and processing for a while. And as we come to a close, of this season that uh, maybe you would leave thinking and processing them as well. So I want to talk about some things today, but before we do, I want to remind you, I want to mention, I want to invite you to September 12th, it's Sunday, it's coming up quick. Uh, We're going to be hosting our CMYK picnic, it's a connection and celebration of all things CMYK. And I really, really hope that you can do everything you can to be there. It's going to be at Pioneer Park from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's going to be open house style, so feel free to drop in for a couple minutes if that's all you've got. Feel free to stay longer if you want to do that. It's a BYO everything kind of picnic, so whatever you want or whatever you don't want, uh, you are in charge of bringing those things. But more than anything, as we are a church that really hasn't seen each other for over a year now because of COVID and all the things that have been happening Uh, This is going to be an opportunity for us to connect and see one another and catch up and then also to celebrate what this season of CMYK has been and to see it off in a really hopefully healthy way. So again, that's Sunday, September 12th. It's coming up. 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's a BYO everything. Feel free to drop in for just a little bit if you can or stay longer if you can to come and connect and celebrate around all things CMYK. Today, what I want to do with one of these final closing thoughts on CMYK is I want to talk about this thing called church. Because I have a thought, and I know that this thought is not going to be agreed upon by everybody, and that's totally okay. But I have a thought, and I wanted to spend just a couple minutes talking about this thing called church. Because what I perceive and what I have seen and experienced as someone that has grown up in the church, been around church my entire life, and so much of how I view and see myself historically has been uh, how I fit and play a role within this thing called a church. Church was the peak of my life, the peak of my week, and so much of my time and energy went into this thing called church. And I want to say before I jump into it that there's a lot of good things that have come from this thing called church. So much of who I am, and I, I can say proudly who I am, and who I, you know, am excited that I carry around. Whether it's things that I've learned or personality traits that have grown in me, these kinds of things they come from this thing called church. 
So by no means is what I want to talk about some sort of denial that there is anything uh, that good or beautiful or right that comes from church. I, I agree the complete opposite, that good, beautiful, healthy things can come from this thing called church. I'm a testament to that, and maybe you are as well. But as we come to this close of CMYK, I just have to talk about church, and I have to talk about how I believe church is broken. All of us carry an idea and a concept of what church is or could be. Some of us have been hurt by church. Some of us have been helped by church. Some of us have no context uh, when it comes to church in our own experience. We've just seen it portrayed in culture, in movies, or people that we know. They're quote-unquote church people. We all have ideas of church, yes. But what I've come to see and to realize, particularly in taking the last year and a half off from engaging in any sort of church on any sort of level, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of looking at this thing objectively. I'm not someone that's in the midst of it, trying to necessarily make sense of it or trying to you know, prove that it's worthwhile or significant or important. I'm just somebody that's looking from the outside into this thing called church. I have this belief that church is broken. And church is broken not necessarily because of how it functions or what it is. There is some brokenness, yes, in how church functions. But today, I don't want to necessarily talk about how a church functions. In other words, pointing at other communities or pointing at CMYK and saying, this is why this thing is broken, and this is why this thing doesn't work as well as it should or as well as it could. But I believe that church is broken mainly in how we, how I, how you perceive and interact with it. And the best language or the best image that I've kind of stumbled across when it comes to talking about why church is broken and how we interact with it comes from a friend of mine who brought it up, and he'd be the first to say that this isn't original to him. He just doesn't remember where it came from. But he brought up this concept, and we started talking about it. I was like, yes, that's exactly what I've been feeling and what I've been sensing. And especially in this last year and a half, as I've been reading scriptures outside of the context of church, there's this thing that he coined, or he brought to my attention, so coined for me at least, this idea of fast food Christianity. That this is what, this is what many of us are interacting with and in how we go about church. It's fast food Christianity. The idea is that there's a consumer-minded mentality for how we go into and interact with this thing called church. The consumerism is all about you and I as a person being in a state of lack. We don't have what we need. We don't have what we want. And consumerism is driven by this idea of supply and demand. And so you find the place that can supply the thing that you are lacking, the thing that you want, and the thing that you need. And when you find that, and it kind of tickles that, ooh, that was nice. That felt good. That's everything I was looking for. In a consumer-minded mentality, you continue to come back to this thing, believing that this thing has what you need and what you want, that you are a consumer of a product that's being created. And within fast food, it's a, it's a really clear and understood thing what it is that you're getting. That fast food is something of, I need some food, and so I'm going to go to this place, and I know exactly what I'm going to pay. It's usually not going to be very expensive, and I know exactly what I'm going to get in return for the thing that I'm paying for. But it's going to fill my grumbly tummy, and I'm going to walk out of that place feeling better or worse, depending upon how much Taco Bell you ate. But I'm going to walk away from this place knowing how I feel because of what I just consumed. And so I, get, I know what I'm getting when it comes to Taco Bell. 
And so it's this supply and demand. And so Taco Bell is consistently asking the question of, okay, how can we advertise? How can we create this new thing? And it's going to bring people back that are looking for something new, that are looking to interact, to fill their tummies. But it's this unique thing of Taco Bell. And Taco Bell has the meat, if it's meat. The Taco Bell has their unique formulas and recipes and things that they're able to bring that I'm not going to be able to get anywhere else. So I continue to come back to Taco Bell to have this consumer-driven relationship around it. And it's quick, and it's painless, and it doesn't cost me very much, and I can keep coming back as much as I want and continue to have this experience over and over and over and over again. And we live in a culture where so much of our spirituality and how we are to interact with the divine and how we're to interact with mystery in the context of community is found within these spaces and places and gatherings known as churches. But churches are continually interacted with by myself and by you as that kind of fast food mentality. I need something, and so I need to find the the community, the church, the service, the performance, the talk, the person, whatever it is, and I can show up to that place, and I can get the thing that I want. And just like fast food, the entry level, the thing that I'm looking for, it's not going to cost me very much. I know exactly how long it's going to be. I can understand my relationship with it, and I can get out of there. And just like walking out of a fast food restaurant, I can ask the question, hmm, did that that make me feel good? Am I happy? Am I grateful that I was only able to spend that much? I only needed to spend that much to get four tacos? Or am I grateful that I only needed to spend this much time in this building that I experienced these kinds of things, and now I'm good. It's a consumer-minded approach to our spirituality and a consumer-minded approach to our community and interaction with the divine. And I believe that this is broken, that this is not what you and I are designed, what you and I are invited into when it comes to our spirituality, to be consumers of products that other people are creating and bringing. And I know how you know pointed this sounds, but I'm speaking it as someone that has literally spent my entire life working on the product of church to try and create something that's going to attract, that's going to bring people, that I'm fulfilling a need. It's that supply and demand kind of thing. And I'm someone that has spent so much of my time and energy working to create that product for the consumer. And asking the question, when the consumer isn't there, when the consumer isn't happy, how do we reverse this thing? How do we shift? How do we change it? How do we introduce a new product? Just like a fast food restaurant is going to do that. How do I do this in such a way that we can get people to continue to come and interact with this thing and this product that we are creating? And the heartbeat, the intention might be completely pure. I believe I was trying to be as completely pure in my intentions in that, but at the end of the day, it's still a consumer-minded approach to spirituality. You need something. I have the thing that you need. Come into this space and understand this relationship of, okay, you give me some of your time or whatever it is, and I will impart or give you what you need, and we now are in this place called church because of the product that we, that I am able to create. And so much of church leadership is about being someone that is able to create that product, whether it's music or whether it's talks, whatever it is, I'm able to have this product that get people to come back to this thing. Church is broken because this is our mindset for how we think about our spirituality. And I speak this as someone that has, again, spent my entire life in church, and particularly in the last 
few years seen it that when you come into this space called church, you're looking for something, and if that church doesn't have the thing that you're looking for, the product that you want, you either push back to try and get them to do that product. I want the, the worship music to be like this. I want the talks to be like this. I want the kids to be like that. I wish that the room was set up like this. Whatever it is, I wish the theology and the thinking was more like this. Whatever it is, I have a, a desire, something that you need to give me, and you don't give it to me. So you push back to try and get it. But more times than not, what we're doing is we're seeing people all over the place in the city of Billings, all over the place in the country, and all over the place in the world, probably, if, they, if this church doesn't have the product, the thing that you want and desire, or you don't like it, you just go find a new fast food restaurant. You go find a new place that you can understand this consumer identity, this consumer kind of relationship of, okay, I'm here, I'm going to give you this, my time, and then you're going to give me this in return. And if I don't like it, I'm going to go find a new church. If I don't like what you just said, if I don't like how you structure your gathering, if I don't like your music, whatever it is, I'm out and I'm going to find the place to do it. The way we interact with church is broken because this spirituality stuff is not about you being a consumer. And for me, as I've spent this last year and a half, for the first time in my entire life, reading the scriptures, not as somebody that's trying to create a product out of it, (laughs) so I'm not trying to create a talk or structure some kind of music or service or some kind of thought around it, I'm just simply reading it for myself, it does not feel... And it does not seem, if we read it honestly, not as some sort of, uh, with some sort of bias trying to prop up what we already want out of this thing called the scriptures and its relationship with church, but we just read it candidly and honestly without any sort of context or trying to, you know, make sense of why church is the way that it is. We simply just read it for what it is. I believe the scriptures continue to have so many important things to say, so many stories to share, so many questions, so many wrestling points that invite us into conversations around things that matter, our own humanity, the divine, how we interact and relate with one another. Yes, all of those things are true. But the invitation of scripture is not this idea that you would be a consumer and that you would be somebody that goes and finds someone that has the good talks or someone that is writing the good books or someone that has the the best music. This idea of spirituality is not driven around you trying to consume more and more and more stuff. But this idea of spirituality, I believe, is more centered around you learning to be your own gardener. You see, fast food Christianity and the restaurant industry in general is all about you not having to understand anything about the food preparation process, not have to understand anything about how you got what you got in front of you. It's just about you consuming and enjoying the food in front of you. And fast food is all about making that as efficient and as quick as possible. And so many of us When we think about our spirituality, all we know how to do is to consume and to find what other people are thinking, what other people are saying, what other people are singing and creating, and we just consume that over and over and over again. Meanwhile, there's this thing called being a gardener, someone that understands the process of what it means to grow your own produce, to grow your own food. To be able to understand, rather than sitting down and just enjoying a salad, to understand how that salad was made. Rather than just enjoying chicken nuggets, we don't even know what's in them. We just enjoy them. We understand what's in our food and where it actually came from. 
We're living in a unique time on planet Earth where for the first time, the majority of us have no clue where our food actually comes from, where it originated from, how it came to be. We just see it on a shelf, we just get it in a restaurant, and we consume it. And we live in a time within spirituality where we don't understand how to actually nourish and nature and care for our own self. All we know is to consume what other people are giving us. We don't understand what it means to stop and ask the questions that are hard and deep and wrestle with them ourselves. We just know how to consume what other people tell us. We don't know what it means for many of us to have an original thought when it comes to spirituality. We just take other people's thoughts and and consume them for ourselves. You see, I believe the scriptures are not about you as a consumer and me as a consumer. The scriptures and these invitations are learning to wrestle with ourself, to wrestle with the divine, to understand how to relate within humanity, the people face-to-face right around us, these communities and relationships that we have, and learn how to nurture and grow our own spirituality and life and health and beauty. That the Bible is not an invitation into consumerism. It's an invitation into enlightenment. It's an invitation into learning how to be present, to be honest, to be open, and to be the embodiment of love. You see, it was always interesting to me that we talked about CMYK and that the goal for us, the goal for you, the goal for me was this work of being present, honest, open, and love. But this thing called church, I wonder how much it actually helped that. I think it did at times, sure, but how much of it was just more consumerism being presented. You see, CMYK, yeah, we were trying some things differently, and again, there were some beautiful successes, and I can't wait to celebrate them on September 12th with you. But the reality is, there was still this consumer-minded mentality. That there was this, this interaction with church that's broken. That for many, many people, and I don't, I'm not blaming or judging anybody because I was right at the center of it. It was this idea of you show up to a space on Sunday to consume rather than show up to a space and actually work to nurture and grow and learn how to be a gardener and care for your own soul, and care for the people around you. And ask yourself the hard questions, like, who am I? What is this? To work, to rather than try to just kind of reflect what we've seen and what we've heard in church world, or what we've seen and what we've heard on social media, what we've seen and what we've heard from other people around us, to actually look people in the eye and to hear their stories, and to work hard to respond in love. That rather than trying to state some company line or some theological phrase because that's what we heard someone else to say, that we learn and we work to just really be brutally honest about, man, I, I don't know about that. That doesn't make sense. I've heard that. I've read that. But here's my experience and here's what I'm seeing. And church, for many people, is not that kind of space where you have those kinds of conversations. You can't be brutally honest. 
Church is not a space where you can be open to things outside of yourself. Church is, for most people, because it's a consumer-minded mentality, it's a space where you want to show up and you want to get the things that you want. So if someone says something that you disagree with or someone says something that is not the reason that you're there, then all of a sudden the conversation is about, well, how do we push this thing to be different or how do I get out of here so I can find the place that actually gives me what I want? It's not about learning to be open to the mystery, the beauty of who you are, the mystery and the beauty of the people around you and the incredibly divine, loving presence that's here now in this moment. Church is broken. You are invited to be a gardener. I am invited to be a gardener, to learn what it means to not just try to consume, but to be somebody that is able to nourish my own health, to be somebody that is able to be fully present with myself, to be honest with the people around me and myself, to be open that I may be the embodiment of love. And the reason this idea of a gardener continues to spring up again and again for me when I interact with the scriptures is is not only the different images like where Jesus is represented as a gardener and, and these different kinds of things, but it's the idea of just what naturally happens with the people that create their own produce, grow their own produce. You see, when you grow your own produce, you have what you need. And so you're focused on what you actually have physically in front of you. You're, you're, you're worried and focused on, okay, making sure it's got enough water, making sure it didn't freeze overnight, these kinds of things. And then when you actually have created something and you have cucumbers, you have peppers, you have carrots, whatever it is, you know what you have and you're able to celebrate and enjoy and have these moments, these meals where you are able to say, I grew this and you're able to have that moment. But then what I've seen over and over and over again is there's this natural thing that happens when you grow your own produce and you understand what you have. You also understand the abundance of what you have and you understand that this stuff has got to be shared. I can't just let all of these carrots go to waste. And so how many people, how many of us know neighbors or friends that are like, hey man, you need any carrots? I had like a giant harvest of carrots this year and I I would love to share some carrots with you. Cucumbers, you need some cucumbers? And it's this incredibly beautiful thing that you as a gardener are creating produce, yes, for yourself, but you're creating produce also to share what you have with those around you. You see, this invitation into being a gardener for me is not about some sort of isolationism. It's not some sort of relativism that you move into that all of a sudden it's just you and your thoughts and your ideas. No, it's meant to be something where, yes, you dig into you and your thoughts and your ideas, but it's also meant and designed to be shared with what you have. You understand fully what's in your hands because you are a part of growing it and nourishing it and caring for it and watering it. And then when it's something, when you have this thought, this idea, this experience, whatever it is, you are able to share it with the people around you. That you are a gardener and I am invited to be a gardener. So how do we find our lives within this state of being a gardener? I got to be really honest with you, I'm not someone that is trying to speak as some sort of expert on this because there are other thinkers, people that have spent so much time and energy on this that could speak way more eloquently about this. But there's just a couple things that I would mention that I've learned for myself. 
As I've mentioned earlier, if you're going to be a gardener, not a consumer, being a gardener is all about this idea of what you actually have in your hands, where being a consumer is all about what you don't have and your need and desire to go and fill that void or that lack. That to be a gardener is to understand there is significance, there is beauty, there is sacredness, there is holiness here now in this moment. And you don't have to pretend, you don't have to lie, you can be fully honest about the fact that, as the scriptures say, the ground is holy, and it has been this whole time. You can be honest about the fact that there's this story in the Old Testament about the Hebrews when they were in the, in the desert wilderness and they didn't know where their food was going to come from. They came out of the tent every single morning and there was this stuff on the ground that they called manna. And manna literally translated means, what is this? They didn't know what it was. They just knew there was this sustaining presence, this sustaining thing that was found every single morning. And it was not meant to be something that you hold on to tightly and try to save for a rainy day. It was just something to be experienced in that moment, that present day. And that there is manna. There is this sacred, what is this, that's a part of your day, your lives, and your relationships. And to be fully awake and to be fully aware of the significance of the person that is in your home, the significance of the person that you go to work with, the significance of the people that you interact with in your friends, and to be a what is this kind of person rather than a what I have is not enough and I need more, 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 more. Even concepts of grace of love, of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, these things known as the fruits of the Spirit that are found in Paul's letter to the Galatians. It's this idea that these are not things that you have to go consume, and you have to go find something or a book or a podcast or something, and then you can actually experience these things. No, the, the idea is that there is spirit here and now, and Paul is talking about this invitation to say, like, just recognize what's here and just learn to be in tune, deep breath, find and understand what's here now, what is already yours, and you don't need to go after and seek it. You can just learn to be present and nourish it in your own heart, mind, and life. To be a gardener of these things that matter is not about consuming as it is within so much of our church interaction. It's about learning to be present honest, open, and the embodiment of love with what you already have and possess. But this is hard work. And so many of us, it's easier for us to find that fast food than it is to figure out how to actually grow a carrot. I get it. But the invitation of Scripture, and I believe the invitation of healthy spirituality, is to learn how to go through that process. The other thing I would say about being a gardener is that it's about a healthy environment. I think most of us understand, even if we've never grown anything before, that you've got to have proper soil and you've got to have proper watering and sunlight and these kinds of things. You, you need to plant it in the right place. And then I think you and I need to understand and recognize what is the environment and what is the space that our life in, currently inha inhabits. And it is a space that I'm able to grow and nurture my own spirituality. So that can be looking at, yes, some physical space. That can be looking at how we spend our time and energy, the rhythms that we live our life in, to call back to last week. But it, more than anything, I believe the environments and how we actually nurture and grow our garden is really driven around the relationships around us. 
Are there people around you that you can actually be present, honest, open, and the embodiment of love with? You don't need a church service to do this stuff, but that you can just choose to do this with certain key people in your life, and that you find this nurturing kind of environment and space, just like a physical garden, that you create that kind of space for your life. It's not about some sort of Bible study. It's not about some sort of book or some sort of consumption of something. It's simply about learning to be present, honest, open, and the embodiment of love with certain people in your life. And that in that work, this begins to nourish and grow you and the people around you. And again, I don't see church is broken because it's this consumer mentality and it's not a space and environment for us to see this happen. Does it happen? Yes. But is it the main thing we think about when we think about church? For most people, no. You see, the, the reason is because it's much more difficult for me to sit with somebody that knows me, <clears throat> that has been around me, that understands my failings and my shortcomings, and they speak directly to me honestly about some brokenness, some things that are going on in my life. It's far more difficult to deal with forgiveness when I'm talking with this person than I need to work to forgive. Or this person is confronting me saying, hey, you need to forgive that person. And they know me and they know the person that I need to forgive. It's much more difficult. It's a hard conversation for us to have. But this is the invitation of spirituality. The problem is, is this is completely uncomfortable for most spaces and churches. And the minute we start to have these kinds of interactions, it gets so uncomfortable that we, again, want to push back and change it or we want to leave because I'm just here to consume what I want to consume. And so I'm here to hear a talk and maybe I'm cut to the heart by what the talk says and I need to do something about it. But it's, that is completely different. Someone with a microphone in front of a crowd of people talking about it, it's very surface level. And it's, again, fast food. It's not, it doesn't cost very much to have that kind of interaction compared to somebody that I know I'm going to see tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that, and I don't just get to try to change them or I don't get to try to just run away. No, I'm committed to this relationship and they're they're encouraging me, they're challenging me, they're calling me out. That can be things on things that I've done that are broken and messy. That can also be things that I know that are good, that I need to hear people that know me, look me in the eye and say, Matt, you are incredible. And I need to hear that and let that carry the weight of this person that knows me and understands me and hears me. Matt, I love you. And it's not this thing that's just kind of thrown out to a room full of people, and that's my spirituality to hear that, but to look eyeball to eyeball with somebody that is helping me in this incredible environment, nurture my own spirituality, and hear, Matt, you are loved. You are embraced. I see you. That does so much more to nurture and grow than any sort of consuming is ever going to do. That I'm in a space, an environment, that I can actually be these things of present, honest, open, and the embodiment of love with some key relationships and people around me. So my hope for you, as we wrap up this season of CMYK, because CMYK was church, and CMYK was very much a consumer-minded approach to how we were going about spirituality. And honestly, this is one of the reasons why for me, yeah, I, I'm okay to, to call that a season and there's some really beautiful things that, that came from that. But for me, and potentially for you, I believe that the invitation is stop seeking some sort of consumer-minded relationship with your spirituality and learn how to nurture and care for yourself 
Find an environment, people that you can have conversations with and be honest about it. You're not just talking about what other people said and what other people think, and you're not just talking about what you saw on social media or what a sermon was about. You learn to talk about, hey, this happened. This is happening. I have doubts. I have struggles. This isn't going very well. This is going great. And you're able to hear and be present, honest, open, and the embodiment of love with the people around you. That you would be somebody that is able to share who you are and what you're producing with the people around you because you have so much manna. What is this every single day in your life that there's so much beauty and significance and you are not to be found in a state of you need more. You are to understand that you have enough and that you can breathe deep and share what you already have with the people around you. May you be somebody that is able to discover and find that you are a gardener. And for some of you, that journey and that nurturing and gardening of your spirituality, it may involve a church. I'm not here to say church can't be a part of the equation. So maybe there is a church, there is a community. Great. (laughs) Maybe there is a podcast, maybe there is a book. Okay, that's fine. But the end goal is for, not, for you to not be in this perpetual state of consuming more and more and more. The end goal for you is to be a gardener and to understand how to nurture and grow your own spirituality, health, and life, and to share what you have with the people around you. So whatever that looks like for you, may you find it, may you share it. And I am so grateful for those of you that were a part of helping me and potentially others, because I know others have as well, find it and share it when it came to this space known as CMYK. That in some ways, CMYK was this experiment. And out of this experiment, this is one of the things that I've found. I hope you're doing well, and I hope that we get to see you on September 12th because we've got a lot to share and to celebrate about the incredible produce that was grown by this community and individuals like you listening to this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in a few days with our final podcast.